Because people, you know, they tend to say, oh, but if your idea is so good, why hasn't somebody else done it? That's how humanity has, you know, evolved because someone dared to do something different. Hey guys, welcome to Active Ingredient, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Wheel, and I'll be taking a deep dive into why people do what they do and what it is that drives them. I believe every single person has an active ingredient to them, aka a purpose, and all we have to do is uncover what that is and activate it. I'm looking at people across the board with fancy titles like editor-in-chiefs, founders, and CEOs to under-the-radar activists who are changing the world one person at a time. I want to get to the bottom of how they first discovered their passion, how they channel their talent consistently, and ultimately, how their active ingredient is making the world a better place. Today's episode is with sisters Hedie and Hosti Asadi, the founders of Diodoc, the first ever Intimates product line founded and formulated by female doctors. Hedie and Hosti passionately created Diodoc as a way to not only bring to market quality intimate products, but also to break taboos, clear away any confusion about that area, and educate. They partnered with Dr. Gunvor, a professor of OBGYN who's been practicing for over 50 years and has truly seen it all, to formulate all of the Diodoc products in order to create the safest and most effective intimate skincare formula on the market today. On today's episode, we get into the details of the female anatomy and all of the misconceptions we have about intimate products. They talk about the hurdles they face starting a brand in a male-dominated industry. I mean, can you believe that this industry is male-dominated? That is just like beyond why they decided not to take investor money from men in order to have women in full control of the final product and what their hope is for women everywhere. So with that, let's get into today's episode with Hedie and Hosti Asadi. All right, so I am here in the new podcast studio with Hedie and Hasti, uh, the co-founders and sisters of Diodoc, which is also one of my clients. And I don't know if you guys know, but I also have a communications agency and I really only bring on clients that I truly believe in and that are doing something impactful in the world. So I'm so excited to not only have you guys as clients, but also have you on the podcast and preach the vulva education. <laughs> Thank you for having us. And we're so happy to talk about vulvas and vaginas because I'm so it, excited. Yeah, it's our passion and we want to share our knowledge with the, the whole world. Amazing. It's needed. Uh, t- definitely needed. So a little backstory. When before we signed working together, I they had me take a quiz on the body parts or just like the the vulva in general, which I didn't even know that like down region was the vulva. I thought that the whole thing was called vagina. Um, And there were 11 body parts and I could really only name two of them correctly. Like that was a huge red flag to me. And that was why I was like, I have to work with them because if, if I don't know this about myself, I've lived on this earth for 28 years. And like, I don't know, I, I don't know more than two parts of myself in a place that has 11 parts, like that's a huge problem. So I am so excited to be able to kind of get into this with you guys. But before we do, where are you guys from? People have already heard a little accent. So 
<laughs> what? We have an accent? <laughs> <laughs> no, so... Uh, Do you we- want the short story or the long version? The good story. The good story. The good story. Okay, so the good story is a long story, I think. So I was born in Iran during... And this is Hadiya speaking. Yeah, this is Hadiya speaking. So I was born in Iran during the Iran and Iraq war in the 80s. And then my parents fled to Sweden due to the war and due to political reasons. So we grew up in Sweden, in Stockholm. But Hasi, you were born in Sweden. Yes, I was made, assembled, and born in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So what was your upbringing like? And we were talking briefly before that you guys are sisters and that you, um, Hadi, I feel like you've taken over more of like your dad's personality and Hasi, you, your mom's. And I, I very much relate to this with me and my sister. What did both of you guys think that you wanted to be when you grew up? And what character traits did you have when you were younger that you think play a role in what you do now? Tough question. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So being a Persian, you are raised to become a doctor. That's like in your blood, mm-hmm. in the breast milk yeah. that you have to become a doctor. And uh, I became a doctor. Did your parents kind of push you to that? Um, I think so. But also my dad is a scientist. He has a PhD and he works with like genetics and omega-3. So and being... Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And being, you know, like my dad in the personality, Mm -hmm. I just follow that. And I love the human body. And I'm so happy I became a doctor because, yeah, it's... it's, I love the science. And you, Hasi? So I was uh, quite the rebel when I grew up. <laughs> the black sheep. I kind of get the vibe of the rebel still. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good or a bad it's thing? It's a great thing. Okay, good. Yeah, so I was a rebel. I even like, I slapped my mom when I was a child. Oh my God. Yeah, I was, I was wild. And they never thought I was gonna, you know, become normal or, you know, <laughs> decent. But having that said, I think that you know, that rebel personality has uh, translated into how I am today as a person. And also helped us a lot in the business. Totally. Yes, I feel like you lot. need someone that's ballsy like that, that can really, you know, take things that like may be more structured yeah. and actually like execute them or push them faster and get things done in a, in a way that moves a business forward. So exactly. I think that you guys have like the perfect marriage of the two traits that you need yeah. to, to get things moving. I um, usually call Hasti the pit bull. <laughs> And it's really needed in, like, the business that we're doing, especially with a lot of men having, you know, opinions. opinions. Yeah. Yeah, we finish finish each other's sentences. You guys, I'm so jealous. (laughs) You have no idea how badly I want to start a business with my sister. So this can be us on the other end of the I'm so jealous. Um, So I want to get into both of your career backgrounds and kind of walk me through how you guys decided to end up working together. Um, You obviously, um, Hadia, you have a medical background and um, Hasi, you have a marketing background, I believe. Yes, business. Um, Business. So I'd love to hear what you guys both were doing and at what point and what you both were doing that you thought that this was something that you can actually take and do full-time? So I was, uh, like my childhood dream was to become a surgeon and I was in that pathway. I was starting to, you know, doing my own surgeries without any supervision. And yeah, so I was doing what I was, you know, dreaming about. But then we got this idea and started to win a lot of business idea competitions and then we thought, like, oh, my God, we we have people that want to invest in us in this idea. So I told my boss I will be away for one year. 
but now it's been like three, uh, no, four years. Wait, so what were you practicing in, sorry? Uh, so I was a surgical resident. Got it. Yeah. And what were you doing full time? So I was actually a, a student during this time. So that's when I studied business and economics at, uh, well, in Stockholm. Amazing. And uh, yeah. the It's one of uh, Europe's best business schools. Yes. She's very humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a really good school. So, But um, with that said, uh, we started to win a lot of business idea competitions. It, it was like at my business school, they had like a version of Shark Tank. Uh, where one of like the actual investors of the Swedish version of Shark Tank uh, was in the jury. And we won that competition. And he won You two to, together? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he wanted... For a Diodoc? Yes, yeah. for Diodoc. Oh my God. And he wanted to invest. And that's... I think that's one of the like moments where we both understood that, wow, we've got something, you know, worth investing in. So yeah, we should try. So I want to hear from Hedie, you mm-hmm. say that you want, you your dream was to become a surgeon. It's very different to have that pathway and then have like an entrepreneurial itch on the, at the same time and then deciphering which one to go after. What was that kind of journey process like for you? Because in order to actually take this to the level that you want to take it to, you had to sacrifice doing something that you may have thought that you wanted to do your whole life. And that's not an easy decision to make. So what what was kind of like that push that made you want to take that leap? Uh, for me, I think it was, I, I always had a mindset that I wanted to improve things. Like even working as a doctor, I was like, okay, why is this not working? We should do this better. And then when we saw the feminine hygiene products on the market and saw that they had nonsense ingredients and wrong pH and, you know, perfumes and they gave us problems and they gave our patients problems. I think I got, you know, this feminist thing saying that I need to do something. I have the knowledge and I need to do something. So I think that was... Why do you guys think that it's almost 2020 and that that hasn't been top of mind? Like, why do you think that it just, it's not a category that has been, first of all, it's a category that's not FDA regulated. Second of all, it's a category that after having worked with you guys and doing so much research and due diligence, I've seen that there really is really shitty products out there. And like, I hate to like shit on products, but Summer's Eve is what you think of when you think of this type of category, Mm -hmm. right? What, from your perspective, why do you think that that is the case? I think it's because a woman, it's a woman's thing. And it's been, you know, the industry has been men uh, behind the companies. They don't have a vagina. They don't have a vulva. So it's just, you know, it's a side product that sells uh, and they don't do anything about it. But when we heard that OBGYNs call some of the products on the market, they referred to them as rat poison. You know, we were like, okay, we need to do something. It's not okay. Do you, you know? feel like you are working to like solve a bigger mission or is it more like product focused for you? No, definitely it's more like a mission. Like our our mission and passion is to, you know, educate women because the female body is amazing and it's wonderful and we want to share it with with the women around the world. It's nothing shameful. And it's more shameful not to have the knowledge about your totally. own body. I mean, I was ashamed after I did that yeah. quiz and I, I really had absolutely no idea and mm-hmm. it's 
I would consider myself someone that like knows a lot about wellness and the fact that I couldn't name say it, own, I couldn't yeah. name my own body parts. I, it was, I was embarrassed and yeah. I, it's, it is, that is more shameful. I kind of yeah. want to do like a, a quiz for, I mean, for anyone that's listening, can you kind of give us like an anatomy, a female anatomy 101 on the differentiating things? Like for sure, educate people on the difference between a vulva and a vagina. Yeah. So should yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. the okay. doctor. So <laughs> yeah. Hadia is going to give us yes, a little 101. Yes. So basically we have a vulva and the vulva is the outer labia where the hair grows, but also the inner labia and the area where you have your clitoris and the urethra opening and the vaginal opening. All of that is vulva. So the whole area, like when we say like, oh, like my vag, whatever. Or like, you know, like when we, when we like talk about that area, we all say vagina. Yeah. But we're all wrong, right? We're all wrong. We're all wrong. That whole area down there is Is called the vulva. Yeah, exactly. So that's like insane to me. Yeah. And the inner canal, like where you put a tampon, Mm -hmm. that's the vagina. So it's two different things. What else aside from like the actual anatomy, which is insane that we're even talking about this because most people don't know. Yeah. Um, aside from the anatomy, what are other things that you find to be shocking that we the, or the majority don't know? Like what is discharge? People don't know what is discharge. Why do we have it? Uh, what is discharge and why do we have it? So discharge is something every woman gets and that's the way the vagina cleanses itself. So the vagina is self-cleansing. The vagina is self-cleansing, but not your vulva. In the vulva area, we have sweat glands, the same sweat glands that we have in the armpits. We also have them in the vulva where the hair grows. Mm -hmm. And we also have urine and bacteria in that area. So it's good to use a product to wash that area. But it has to have pH 5. So let's let's do a little pH lesson. Yeah. Okay. So pH. What is pH? Yeah. First of all, what is pH? Yes. So pH is um, you measure how uh, acidic something is or how basic something is, how alkali something is. Mm-hmm. So the pH scale goes from 1 to 14, where 1 to 6 is acidic, 7 is new- neutral, like water is pH 7, and then 8 to 14, that's a base. Got it. So the vulva is? pH 5. And the vagina. The vagina is very acidic. It's like a lemon, 3.5. So crazy. Is there anything yeah. else that could be something that like for someone that has no base knowledge that you would love to be able to tell them? Oh, there's so many. How much time do we have? Oh, no, we have a ton of time, but anything that's like anatomical, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive deeper into a lot of different verticals on this, but anything that's like an anatomical question or like a discharge type of thing, like something that you see so common that you, you can't believe that women don't know this i would say never douche that's vaginal suicide like you don't have to do anything with your vagina why not douche because it will mess up your ph it will kill the good bacteria and it's vaginal suicide you will destroy everything and you don't need it because the vagina is self-cleansing so crazy. And also another thing, if I may say, it's the sweat glands. That was like an aha moment for us, knowing that the same sweat glands in the armpits, we also have them in the intimate part. Mm-hmm. So no wonder you can have odor in the intimate region. Exactly. And for men, we have expressions such as sweaty, 
balls, but we don't have it for women. So a lot of women don't know why they have a door and they wash excessively and use what the wrong products. What is washing excessively and washing with the regular soap that you have in your bathroom? What happens when you do that? So if you use a normal wash that you have for the rest of your body, that will dry out the vulvar skin. Do you know what the pH is for that? It's usually between 8 to 10. So it's very basic. Mm-hmm. So you should, uh, or alkali, you should never use it. Uh, because it will dry out the skin and and it will also destroy the pH balance. So I'm going to ask you the question that I asked you before we signed together because this was, and my mom I'm sure is listening, but my mom is the one who always told me you absolutely don't need anything but water in your vagina, which is now that I know the technical reasons, that is true. You don't need anything but the vagina to cleanse itself. Your mom was right. My mom was right, Mm -hmm. but... But the vulva, which is like the mind-blowing thing that is the surrounding area, does need cleansing. What Can you kind of demystify why people think that and, and give us the science on why you actually should be washing it with soap, with a, with a pH-balanced soap? Yeah, you have to use a, a wash that has a pH of 5 because there are a lot of brands out there saying it's pH balance, but we don't know what they mean by pH balance. Is it actually pH 5? Is it 3.5? Is it 7? What do they mean? So make sure that it's pH 5. The reason why people have said just wash with water is because, remember I told you, OBGYN say rat poison mm-hmm. to the products that have been on the market? That's the reason. Like when we see a patient, we just tell them, don't use this because it's not good for you. Just use water. Why do you think that no female OBGYNs, gynecologists have created product? If they see this and they know that there could be a better option, like why has that not existed yet? I've actually asked a lot of uh, like my colleagues, uh, OBGYN colleagues, and they say that, well, we tell uh, the patient to stop using it, but it's not like our thing to... You know, I think a lot of doctors are just focused on treating the patient and yeah. It's so wild. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think this is Hussie speaking <laughs> and I think uh, like have like we're in this journey and starting a business, it isn't that easy, honestly. Yeah, like totally. it takes a lot of time, energy, money. Yeah. And like it's it's not something you do like from one day to totally. another. Like you have to sacrifice some yeah. things to That's be why able I to asked. launch a business. Exactly. That's why mm. I asked because I feel like people that go into the medical field have such a strong passion and have mm-hmm. a willingness to sacrifice the, the bigger parts of life to be able to go after this thing. And then for you to have had that passion and then had a, an even bigger passion to leave all of those years of yeah. medical school and like – grinding and and working all hours of the night to then decide to completely shift gears and start something that just wasn't available for women I think is like I think it's so indicative of how passionate you actually are because I don't think anyone in the medical field would just I think that's that's a huge part of it like no no one's just going to drop their medical degree to pursue something that may or may not work. Obviously DODOC I have huge faith in it's going to work but like a business is a gamble. Yeah. So – my coworkers thought I was crazy. My doctor friends thought I was crazy until they tried the products. And they, then they were like, oh, my God, now we understand why you did this. So incredible. But, I mean, it was hard. My parents, they forbid me to quit my job. So I quit three months before and then I told them.
I want to get into the process of of actually quitting because the point of the podcast is for people that are trying to pivot or may not feel super passionate about what they're doing and are, are looking for an avenue or inspiration or something that like can help them also kind of navigate. I, I love to ask people like, did you have savings? Like, did you, what was your actual plan before? Cause no one is just like one second to the next, like, okay, I'm out. I'm doing my own thing. Like I, I just want to get into like the nitty gritty of, of how you both decided to do it and your first steps in developing the product. Yeah. So do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I think, uh, one of the like, uh, main factors that actually, you know, made us to have the courage I think it was that we ourselves we were the target group like we felt a huge need for these type of products and like um, looking among our friends and all of that like this was a topic that you discussed with like one of your closest uh, girlfriends and everyone you know had the same problem like what is what we don't know like oh I'm embarrassed I'm meeting a new guy I'm dating a new guy I feel that I smell why Mm -hmm. is that so, I mean, we were in that ourselves. So, yeah, I think we both felt that, like, we we need a product for, for this type of... Um, this type of uh, area. Category. Exactly. Yeah, category. category, because what was on the market wasn't good enough. Uh, and everything was, like, stuck in the 80s. Like, uh, you know, the design wasn't appealing. Besides not having good ingredients, right, the design wasn't right. appealing. It was more like a shame product exactly like states odor block you know in big capital letters and like yeah basically like we understood that this is not something we want to use and if if we feel this then probably tons of other women feel the same way so that's one of the things and then I think the second thing honestly is that both me and Hedje we both had our like degrees we both had our yeah she had her medical degree and I had my business degree so I think we both felt that like let's just give it a try yeah, and if it doesn't happens, work out yeah. we can always go back because that's we, a great we, mentality yes yeah. I also think it's a very young mentality and I, I wish for the older generation to also understand that like you can pivot at whatever age and and the risk is always the same like you can always go back to whatever it was that you were doing prior exactly that's that's great advice Um, And then in terms of like the actual logistics of starting, like you guys had obviously never pitched investors before. Um, How did you guys get that base knowledge to know what to have in your deck or to have in that like Shark Tank-esque type of a setting? Like how do you – how did you prep for that? I think uh, what we – like launching a business, you do have to do your homework. Mm -hmm. So with that said, you do need to do like a market research. You do need to see what's out on the market, like what's the price point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think you have to be prepared if you want to to be able to launch something. So then that means you do need to do your research and homework. But when when we had done all of that, I think it was – you were confident that. in what you yes. were selling. Yes. How did you know how much to raise? So we actually didn't raise any money. Okay. We got a lot of investors mm-hmm. interested in the adoc, but we decided to say no because we don't want any... So you said no to that Shark Tank? Exactly. Office. Because uh, we don't want this... Yeah, we don't want men in the company to decide on products for women. They don't have a vagina, they don't have a vulva, and then they have no say. Because no it, vulva, no vagina, no opinion. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> because if you bring on investors, they're going to have an opinion about the design. They're going to have an opinion about the product line. And 
we've seen all of that already. So And they're mostly gonna, you know, focus on the sales, like the mm-hmm. figures. What is the ROI, the the key figures? Yeah. yeah. And, and push out new products exactly. and not give it like the time that it needs yeah. to actually produce a product that is clearly not even on the market. So you need to test it. You need to do the exactly. process. Exactly. And it takes good time. It, yeah. it takes a lot of, yeah, it takes time to, you know, actually develop a good product. Yeah. I mean, some of our products, it took us like two years to develop them. But we we didn't release anything until we were, you know, satisfied, proud to be able to, you know, say we're we're behind these behind these products like we put our you know it's it's our names on it and Mm. especially being doctors we you know we want to do good in this world not Mm -hmm. to do harm for people using the products so we decided early on that we we don't want any venture capital Uh, we are fine with growing organically and slowly but then we have the power to release a good product. Mm-hmm. So we we won, I think it was like six business idea competitions. So that gave us some money. And uh, Are like, these all in Sweden? Yeah. All in Sweden, yes. I think we won like $20,000. Can an American go in Sweden and pitch it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so. All right, yeah. guys. I mean, point me in the right direction. I, that's incredible. Yes. And you don't owe anyone anything. Exactly. But then, honestly, also... Um after we, you know, after we won these uh, business idea competitions, our mom that was, you know, against this from the beginning, like when she saw that, you know, people are actually interested in investing in DealDoc, then we forced her to take a loan on the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's so a that, big risk. It yeah. is. But I mean, I don't know, maybe it was naive of us back then or even I hear now. that a lot on the podcast. Mm. But like being naive in the beginning. But, but like it's good. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. It is because you know, we that's what I meant. Like we really believed believed mm. in our idea. Like we ourselves want to buy this type of product. Like why wouldn't other want to buy this? Yeah, type you're like of it's product? not even a gamble. Like I know that I'm gonna make it back because yeah. I know I'm not putting my mom's house at risk because I know that this is gonna work. Mm. Exactly. And for three years, we didn't take out any salary. And I was working extra as a doctor, uh, like once a week, because I still had my bills to pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Hasti got an extra job. Yeah, like I think you have to put, you know, all of your prestige. You know, you just have to put it aside. Mm -hmm, Exactly, and be ready to uh, work hard. So when you guys conceptualized DeoDoc, what was the vision at the time? Like, did you think that you wanted to have a full product line or did you did you want to really solve the wash problem? Like, how did that process start? So we started off with uh, deodorant mm-hmm. because we didn't have that kind of products in Sweden or in the Nordics at all. And we thought that if we start with that, we will get a lot of attention, which we got. Mm-hmm. So we started with that and then we... Uh, took in the wash and yeah started to make a portfolio and when we saw that our products work then you know we yeah we just pushed uh, and and just put everything in yeah yeah and since we're a small company like we don't make you know we don't produce a full range of products right away yeah. like we take it slowly and uh, so it started with the intimate deodorants but then as I had just said when we heard that the other washes on the market was uh, they were called rat poison that's when we understood okay we need to put our focus and money to do a good wash and then we ourselves we had huge problems with you know razor bumps and Mm -hmm. red spots after shaving and we felt like seriously we can send people to the moon 
but why aren't there any good products for shaving? Like, how hard can it yeah. be? So that was the next product. So it's always, you know, kept going like that. And now we're in the process of, uh, should I spoil it or not? Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah, we're in the process of making a uh, silicone-based lubricant because, yeah, what what we have seen on the market isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just keep on uh, improving and especially since we have, you know, the medical knowledge and science behind all of that, yeah. we can really create superior formulations. Mm-hmm. And I think we uh, forgot to mention in the beginning also is that we, since I'm not an OBGYN, we teamed up with a professor of OBGYN with 50 years of clinical experience. That's so wild. Yeah, she's 73 years old today. and based- how, Do we know how many vulvas she's seen? <laughs> No, but we can. Have I feel that. like we need to have that number, and I want to like shout it from the rooftops. Like that yeah, is yeah. insane. Like when when I was right, I, I think I told you guys this when I had it in like my email pitches um, yeah. to editors. I was like, I don't know if people are going to believe me that someone is literally a current practitioner yeah, who has been practices. working for fifty years. Yeah, like I know that is mind blowing to me. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah, she's amazing. She has uh, two pharmaceutical companies that she started based on her research. So one is for uh, making um, deliveries easier, like when you give birth. I, I her name is Dr. Gunvor, yeah, and yeah. Dr. Gunvor, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I am waiting to give birth until this is out. So am I. <laughs> yes. So am I. Yes. I am waiting. Yeah. So. And the other one is for when you in, uh, insert or take out your IUD. Mm-hmm. We have today not very good uh, medications to use, but this one, you know, helps a lot to numb the area. To numb the area, yeah. yeah, because it's painful. I've heard. Yeah. I asked my I asked my gynecologist. I was like, "What's because I'm on the pill and and." I asked her, I was like, is it better? Because I am I literally forget. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll take two or three off. Like, it's just a disaster. So I was like, I think that this might be more helpful mm-hmm. for my insane, like, lifestyle. And she was like, you will likely pass out from the pain. And I was like, I will likely not take that. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen. Why is that? Like, why Why does it hurt so much? And also, why has why is it almost 2020 and why is yeah. that still a thing? Well, the thing that Dr. Gunver told us is that when she tried to raise money for her, you know, innovations, usually men mm-hmm. uh, that has the money, and they say, well, it should be painful to give birth because women have done it for millions of years. Or it should be painful to, you know, the market isn't big enough for, for this. That's so, so... Yeah, so I think... It's so, it's so um, ignorant. And it's so... um, They don't understand. So that's why we're like, if you don't have a vulva or vagina, you have no opinion. (laughs) And we don't want your dollars, which I think is very, very impressive that you guys have kept it that way since 2013. Yeah. I mean, we're growing slowly, uh, but that's uh, how we want it to be. Yeah. So you guys launched in Sweden. Yeah, launched in Sweden and then Norway and then the US. So we're exclusive at Violet Grey. And then we launched in Germany and with Sephora and in UK. So, so how has every market... Oh, I forgot Japan as oh. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has it been received in every market? Because I feel like there's, on top of it being something that clearly is not even on the market, I think that it's a topic, a taboo topic that is definitely like a culture barrier to entry depending on 
the country that you're you're tapping into. So I'm interested to know like what your market research was in all of these different countries, why you went to those countries and how it was received. I think uh, the common uh, factor for each country, you know, even though the cultural differences and everything, the main factor is still the lack of knowledge among the women everywhere. Universal. 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 Doesn't matter if it's in Japan or in Germany or in the US. Is shame universal? Yes, definitely. Yes. The taboo, the shame, and the lack of knowledge. knowledge. Yes. And I think, uh, like, the biggest misconception uh, is the fact, you know, that vagina and vulva is the same thing. Because in every market that we have launched, uh, one of the main um, feedbacks we have received is that well, why do I need this type of product? Because my vagina is self-cleansing. You know, the answer is by now, yes, the vagina is self-cleansing, but not the vulva. Mm. So that's the reason why you actually need these type of products. And I mean, people have been using products for the vulva for so many years, but the problem is that they are not, you know, suited for that area, which causes a lot of harm. And which is what Dr. Gunvor and Hedja have seen, you know, actually working as doctors. So I think when we launch, it's always these two, you know, camps. Mm-hmm. One with the lack of knowledge that obviously don't understand, but mm-hmm. still likes to shout out loud. And the other one is people who understand and actually say like, thank you for for doing this type of products. Like they've helped me and mm-hmm. my vaginal health and vulvar skin so much. Mm-hmm. How did you guys decide on those countries? I think it was... So Sweden is like our... Our home home market. Home market. So it was... And Norway is quite close. Mm -hmm. And then it's... um, We got interest from people. So it's been where demand has been calling. Yeah. Where we have... Yeah. Found a... a, I think the demand is worldwide. But uh, where we have found a good... uh, When we have found a good partnership... I'm interested to also talk about the direct-to-consumer factor of it because I feel like when you think of these type of products or the ones that have existed historically, they're all in like the Dwayne Reeds, Walgreens, at least in the U.S. The Dwayne Reeds, Walgreens, like you buy it when you're when you're out of toothpaste and, you know, like what was your thought process on doing it um, direct-to-consumer and do you, do you have any plans on getting into retail to be able to kind of capture that last-minute purchase person? The answer is yes. Um what we are trying to do is to be closer to the consumer uh, because like as you say Walgreens and CVS or like it's it's as you say you go there like if you have uh, if you lack your toothpaste, toothpaste yeah or actually if you have like a problem like for your totally in- uh, where I'm out of tampons exactly I, yeah or like oh I think I have uh, some uh, vaginal itching oh let me go to that aisle like and it's always you know in the back of the mm-hmm. store it's very like shameful whereas we want to be where the consumer is mm-hmm. like taking care of your uh, intimate skin it's just as important as taking care of your face or your body so we want to be where the consumers are and I don't think it is at Walgreens or CVS. It's more like where we are in Sweden or Germany, Sephora or like department stores, where you can buy your normal makeup and beauty. That's where our products should be available as well. What is your dream with Diodoc? 
Like, I feel like you're going in such an amazing direction and you're definitely like slowly educating. And I, 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 at least in the time that we've been working together, I feel like more and more people are talking about it. And Mm -hmm. like, if we would have started working together three years ago, I would have been like, this is going to be the hardest product to not, no pun intended, but to penetrate Mm -hmm. into the media space. Yeah. What is your kind of vision for this category and what is your hope for Diodoc now that this conversation is more normal? I think, yeah, like, you know, for a personal, on a personal level, I would like to educate women. Like, you have a vagina, you mm-hmm. have a vulva, and how to take care of that part because it's it's such a part of your life. And if you have a bad vulva or vagina day, then everything is ruined. Yeah, it doesn't matter how fabulous yeah. your hair looks or, totally. you know, the makeup is on fleek. <laughs> if, you, you know, if you, like experience some some problems or some rash or you know like today more women know how to contour their faces like a kardashian than to take care of their intimate parts and i want to have the opposite like exactly because in the end like having a vulva and a vagina that's what sets us apart from men like that's the core of being feminine yeah and we don't know how to take care of this core you know it's it's very sad, and we we really hope to uh, change that because mm-hmm. uh, knowledge is power. Once you, you know, get to know your body, you know how to take care of it. You know when something is right. You know when something is wrong. So, yeah, for and people- that for worldwide, not only like the U.S. or Sweden. We want to totally. share it for everyone. So you guys have a ton of products on the website right now. I would love to hear from you guys on what you would recommend to someone who may be like entering into this into this category that is so far has thought that you just clean with water and that's the way that it should be like what is your recommendation to best take care of your vulva i actually get that question or we get it often and i would always say try the wash first i think that's the you know the basic to a good uh, hygiene routine for a woman that's my favorite yeah, honestly yeah. I have a few favorites, but that's my I, – I use that every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very gentle. And we know that people that have like atopic skin mm-hmm. or psoriasis, that they can use it all over their body. They use it – and I use it for my face even. I did it's that. Like, I told yeah. you I did that yeah. on accident the other day and yeah. I was like, I hope this is fine. <laughs> yeah, well, how did you feel? It felt okay, I mean, right? it, it felt yeah. totally fine. I just yeah. was like half asleep and I, I put it on my face and I was like, that doesn't smell like my face wash. What yeah. is that? I was like, oh my God, it's my Diodoc. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, it's gentle enough for the the skin of the vulva. So yeah. it's gentle no, it enough smells for the face. Incredible. Oh, something I want to talk about also mm-hmm. is that you do have fragrance. And I feel like there is a huge conversation about how there should be absolutely no fragrance down there. And people are so scared of it. And that was also one of my first questions to you guys before we started working together. And you you schooled me on it. And you, you taught me why it's okay and why the Diodoc one specifically is okay. Um, but can you kind of work us backwards from what that kind of myth is and, and yeah. why it works? So basically the reason why you don't want any fragrance or perfume is because they contain alcohol and they also contain uh, allergens, like ingredients that can give you eczema, rashes and things mm-hmm. like that. What we have done is that we have created a hypoallergenic scents which means that the alcohol is removed and also the allergens are removed. So they are safe for the intimate skin. But uh, that costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. to do this. So it's more expensive, but for us, it's worth it to use these uh, fragrances that are hypoallergenic. And that probably explains why many other brands 
haven't uh, hypoallergenic perfumes because it's much more expensive. expensive. It costs like 10 times more Mm. to have. uh, Yeah, but you guys are in the long game and not trying to just produce to produce. Yes. We also have fragrance-free just for the ones that, you know... Are skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. Not skeptical, but maybe they they can't handle scents. Like a lot of pregnant women, they change. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think Theodoc is about, you know, we want to be for every woman. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have some with different scents and one and fragrance free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you should be able to find what you need in mm-hmm. our in our product portfolio. So I always ask everyone this question that comes on the podcast, um, what their personal active ingredients are. And you guys have a similar mission for sure, but I, I would love to hear from both of you. What you're, what you find to be your purpose with what you're doing, and it could be from the science lens, the marketing lens, or maybe it's vice versa. And like you guys both have the opposite active ingredient, but I would love to hear from your perspective. What like in the company or in like life. the bigger? It could be in in mm. what you're doing in the company and like like what is it that gets you up in the morning and like excited to to be of service to the world? Uh, I can start. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say it's definitely to uh, you know make a change. And this has to do with the rebel side of me again, I assume, because, uh, you know, everything has been so traditional, like, I don't know how to explain. Uh, I'm I'm thinking in Swedish and I'm <laughs> trying to translate it in English. Give us a Swinglish version. <laughs> yes, I think I will give you a Swinglish version. Okay. <laughs> so I like to, um, to... Challenge? Yes, challenge the status quo. Amazing. Yes. That that what really gets me up in the morning. Like in pe- everything, not just in business. Not in in everything. Yes, because people, you know, they tend to say, "Oh, but if your idea is so good, why hasn't somebody else done it?" Like, duh, this is that's how humanity has, you know, evolved. Evolved because someone dared to do something different. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's one of the things, but also another thing that, you know, adds a little sprinkle to uh, uh, to challenging the status quo is that we are, you know, we're shaking up an industry that has been sleeping for so long and that has been controlled by, you know, big pharma companies or by men. So I, I yeah, it really excites me that, I mean, we're women. Yes. Hell yes, I yeah, love that. Yes, and you know, men, yeah, I remember this was like the Shark Tank um, moment we had. And he was like, the guy, he was like questioning what I said. But I was like, with all due respect, I'm a woman, you're a man, I have a vagina, I know how it feels. So that's why I can argument for why this product is needed. And you know, after that, he went silent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's what I mean, like... Incredible answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, she said some very good things, (laughs) um, but also something that's important for me is, you know, these men that told us that, uh, girls, you have no experience, you can't do this. You need someone that's not an immigrant, because we are immigrants. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't do this. You don't have the experience. You know, just to hear those things gets me like, I'm going to show you. (laughs) That's incredible. So that's one of the things. But another thing is, uh, you know, the, the love of the female body and to share. It's amazing. Um, 
yeah, to share the the knowledge about the amazing parts of the woman to women all over the world and for stop uh, women committing vaginal suicide. <laughs> incredible. Both yeah. of you guys have incredible active ingredients. So the point of the podcast, aside from kind mm-hmm. of like sparking these conversations and hopefully inspiring someone who who may be a little bit lost, the bigger point is to actually like give takeaways to those people. And I would love to hear from you guys. I feel like you you definitely have found a huge passion in, in this life that's a huge blessing. Like the fact that you guys not only get to work together as sisters, but like that you really, I, I feel it from you guys. You are doing something that you feel is bettering the world. What advice would you give to someone who craves that same feeling but doesn't even know what to ask themselves to start getting there? Ooh, that's a tough question. I feel very blessed that I found my passion in life because I know that a lot of people don't find their passion. They just they are sleepwalking through life and are miserable. And I think it's up to you to do something about it. Try to find what you like in life and what um what what makes you happy let what, the joy be your uh, gps in life that's a great one yeah do you have an answer to the oh to the world uh question to just yeah <laughs> just if if let's say like a family member came to you and they were like i see you like really doing what you love and i want to find that for myself and i don't even i don't know what that is like, what piece of advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think it's almost what Hedia said. But, like, um, I think some somewhere, you know, deep inside, you you have the answer already. But you just need to, you know, uh, browse, browse out mm-hmm. noise. You know, like, be silent, listen inwards. Also, like, try. Like, there's no magical recipe for what joy is in life like it it's trial and error like try yeah. something okay it wasn't fun it wasn't for you go back try another thing i think people and are also, so afraid of you know not trying because they're afraid to fail and or paralyzed. not find exactly but i mean i think also people get like in a comfort zone and it's scary to get out of your comfort zone i mean it was scary for us i i said no to my dream dream I, what i thought was my dream and then having like parents saying, no, don't do it. Uh, you will end up on social welfare or that thought that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, it's hard to, but uh, you grow when you get out of your comfort zone. Do you guys love working together? Do you recommend working with a family member? I need the details. For us, it's, it's you know, I don't think the adult could be the adult without being sisters because it's been hard work like long hours and I think our key is that we are very different and we like complement each other no I I totally agree we wouldn't have been where we are uh, unless uh, we weren't family Mm. like it is a family company it started with the two of us and then our dad who thought we were gonna end up on welfare. <laughs> exactly. He actually joined the company two years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Incredible. He thinks he's the vice president, <laughs> but he's our assistant. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. And now we have my boyfriend employed in the company. And yeah, our mom is helping out. So it's really a family business because I think in the beginning, it's 
as had you said already, it's so hard. So it's really important that you work with the people that you, you know, you can trust the most, but also show your worst sides and know that they, you know, they're still going to be there. Incredible. How is bringing your boyfriend on? I'm curious. It's been good. Yeah. It's been really good. Yes. Okay. Um, for me, at least, I don't know. No, it's been good, actually. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. How do you do – sorry, I'm just curious because, like, eventually, like, I do want my boyfriend and I to be working together in some capacity. So I'm just curious, like, on a personal level, how do you kind of establish boundaries? I think both, like, have to be committed to separate, you know, work and, you know, private. Mm-hmm. But it has actually helped us. Like, whenever we've had, a, like, an argument privately at home, once we get to work – like we have to start, you know, talking with each other, and <laughs> no after- silent treatment here. Exactly. Did you answer that email? <laughs> exactly. So after a while, like you know, it's you know we're 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 back to normal, and all of that is because like we're at the same place at the same time with other people. Like we need to behave. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's good. I'm amazed how they can do it. It's they incredible. They go to work together. They go home together. You don't get sick uh, of each other. No, no. They wow. get more in love. love yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, so I always close out the podcast asking kind of a lighter question on the active ingredient topic, but it's what your literal active ingredient is, meaning is it uh, coffee? Do you need to have like a gallon of water a day? Do you need to meditate every day, make your bed every Like people have given me so many different answers, but things that you have to have like in your day-to-day to get you going. Tea? Tea? Yes. What type? So I love this French uh, tea, Maria Frage, Marco Pulo. This is so chic. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I can, Do you have some here? Uh, I think you can buy it somewhere in... In the U.S.? In yeah. Dina Luca, Dina Luca, I think, has yes. it. Very fancy. It's so, the best. That's a chic. That's the yeah. chicest answer I've had on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But it's a, the company's from 18, like 54 or something. So it's they know what they're doing. It's caffeinated? Yes. yes. Is that yours also? Yes. That's your active ingredient too? (laughs) No, I would say I need to take a shower in the morning. Every day? Every day in order to wake up. It doesn't matter like if I'm I'm just at home, like I need to take my shower. That's how I kickstart my day. I love it. You're clean. Clearly, you have a very clean company. Yes. Um, Where can everyone find you guys? Pimp yourself out. What do you mean? <laughs> find us where? Where can we find you on Dio? What's your Instagram handle? Oh, What's your website? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, like cultural you. difference. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> where, can, where can you find you? You're like, like going to give your address? Yeah, like I live in Stockholm. <laughs> no, uh, so yes, people can find us at diodoc.com. Or in the US also at Violet Gray. Amazing. And your Instagram handle? Uh, Dialogue Wellness. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. (laughs) But I'd like to add something. Like after we've been sitting here talking, it feels like... (laughs) We are not man haters. I just no. want to. <laughs> yes. I just want to, you know, emphasize the fact we're not man haters because we've said, oh, we we do this because most men, blah blah blah. Like, no, it's it's not about that. But it's it's about you know making sure that you know we women we we can and we can actually mm-hmm. do better than most men, and they rule the world. So. Yeah, I just love want it. Love yeah, the clarification. Thank yes. you for clarifying. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Fill it in. That was uh, so much Swinglish, but I just wanted to say that, like, 
you we're love men. Ma- <laughs> we're not ma- man haters. Yes, <laughs> we actually have products for men, so we're definitely not man haters. <laughs> I know you gotta you gotta get that in the US. Yes, yes. that amazing. Yeah. Thank you both okay. so much for being Thank here. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a second to rate and review us. And for more inspiration and quotes from the episode, check us out on Instagram at Active Ingredient.